go ahead and start my timer here so I can try to behave today the best that I can but I will walk in obedience to what the Lord has for me to speak here today and I don't think that y'all would expect uh, anything less from me uh, as we have spent the last three weeks today being week number four in a series called anybody the bigger picture, the bigger picture. and seeing the bigger picture allows you to be able to see everything all the details everything that is there and this week we have a subtitle for this week and it is called picking up where you left off at because we've all been there before right we've all started the uh, the puzzle and we begin to as we created the border because that seemed to be the obvious thing that we would do and then we would we we begin to understand that every piece of that puzzle has a place uh, whether they fit where we think that they're supposed to fit or not but if we go through the process we'll find out that every piece has a place but today how often times can we remember that we get tired of looking at the puzzle we get tired of the headache of trying to pursue the bigger picture because it just seems to be just so much to try to grasp and if we just think about it because you know we've talked about you know we've done a hundred piece puzzle or maybe we've done a 500 piece puzzle but but the, the process of where God has taken us is this a lifelong puzzle and sometimes that puzzle just seems to be overbearing it seems to be too much it seems to be more than what we can actually handle here so so at oftentimes we we have gotten up and we've left the puzzle because it became too much for us to handle at the time and I think about many times in my life many times in my walk with God many times in the ministry there's been times where I've wanted to give up because it just wasn't turning out the way that I perceived that it was supposed to. And there's been times that I'm just going to be real honest and be real transparent here that I've walked away from God, you know, and the Lord's called me. He, he never quit calling me. I just began to hear him call me again because I had turned a deaf ear to what he was speaking to me and about four and a half years ago the Lord called me I, my ears were inclined to hear the Lord calling me again so what did I do I did like Samuel did was I answered the call and in that calling you know I had that frustration of uh, you know me and Brent me and brother Brent has talked about this in times past maybe we even talked about it a little bit last week at the church was that so oftentimes we you know we feel like man I've got to start over I've, I've got to start over I've got to learn scripture again I've got to learn how to pray again let's just be real here I've got to learn how to walk in fellowship with God again but the reality ladies and gentlemen here's what I'm here to tell you today is that all you do is just simply pick up where you left off because if we get back to that puzzle that if we left it right there because what happened was we got frustrated with it so what do we do we got up and we walked away from it so and that was the same thing that we did with our walk with God was we got up and we walked away from him and how many of us are guilty of that? We're, you know, we can raise both hands. It's okay. Do I pray for you for lying today? 
I mean, are, are we just going to be honest about that? Because we've all walked away from God. And so if we could just look at it this way, I'm not as close to God as I once was, or, or I'm closer to God than I've ever been. So, so the question is, is where are you at? Because if you're not as close with God as you once were, then what really happened was, was that you begin to walk away from God. If you get in a boat and you put it out there, let's just say you get in a 16 foot double wide John boat and you get out, I don't even know if they make them 16 feet. I'm just, I'm throwing some numbers out there. But if you get out there to the river and you just stop your motor, can you imagine that that eventually after a while what's going to begin to happen you're going to begin to go with the flow you're going to begin to go with the flow whichever way that the river or the creek or whatever the flow just happens to be and we get caught up in that sometimes we take our eyes off of the situation and we get so occupied, well, let's just say we, we threw the fishing line out there and we just begin to fish. Let's say we forgot to set our anchor, right? And we just begin to fish and we're casting and we're fishing, we're casting and we're fishing. And if we didn't set our anchor, then, then what happened was we drifted. We drifted and oftentimes we can drift without knowing. So, you know, so, so I, you know, I just want to make the point, you know, sin doesn't happen when you're when when you get caught in the act of it sinning is when you are beginning to drift away from god when you're beginning to drift away from his word is what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for a fail if we could say it that way so 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 there's been so many times in my life that i have walked away from god and i'm like man i've got to start over you know i've, I've got to i've got to start over but that was one of the things that the lord really spoke to me brother brent and sister becky was that i just call you wife i'm sorry i can't call you sister becky but but it is is that's one of the things that the lord spoke to me when i came back and i gave god not just a piece of my heart, but when I gave him all of my heart. See, what I watched the Lord do is that all the scriptures that I used to could quote, can I quote them now? No, I can't. But you know what? This is so much more realer to me now than it was before. And, and it wasn't about how much I could quote or such and such is found in this chapter and this verse and this book of the Bible. That's not what is important. What's important is that I'm walking out this word, that I'm living the word. I've become uh, a walking Bible for people to see. And, and, you know, it's like I talked with Brother Brent last night. It's been such an honor already within the past. I think it's been like five or six weeks that you've been with us now. It seems like it's been longer, but you that's how long you've been with us. I think six weeks this week. And and I'm beginning to look at it. And I'm, I'm watching. I'm already watching God's plan unfold in your life. Uh, just as I'm watching him do things in my life and in my wife's life and, and in my family's life. Uh, just the way that I prayed, watching God do so many things in my kids, you know, and, and that's something that only that God can do. Because what happens was when I stepped out of it and I took my hands out of the pot and I allowed him to do it, God's beginning to change things. And we witness that when we allow God to do what he wants to do. So before I, I just continue to get happy here because I've already, I've already ran through about seven minutes of my time, but I kind of wanted to lay a little foundation if I could. So we're gonna go back to our flagship uh, scripture for this series. 
and we all know already that it's Jeremiah 29 and 11. And if you didn't know it before, hopefully and prayerfully, you know this now. So Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. You know, one translation says thoughts. Another translation that I've read says blueprints. So when we begin to look at it in that manner, when we begin to look at it in that facet, we begin to see that, that God has plans for us, that He has a blueprint for us. His thoughts for us is, uh, is innumerable, says the Lord. So they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So as this has been our flagship scripture for, the, for this series, I still place emphasis on the plural part of plans because that's more than one, right? It's more than one. It's just like there's more than there's more than one set of directions to get to the grocery store. We might go the long way around, right? But it still leads us to the grocery store. The question is, is do we do, do we want to get there faster? So I've learned I've learned this in my life that if I if, if a man takes an axe and he goes out there and he's chopping trees down, right? Let's just say he cuts down 10 trees a day with his axe. But let's just say this same guy takes this axe and he takes and he gets his axe sharpened. He can cut down 10 trees in half the amount of time. So here's where I'm getting. Here's how we put an edge on our sword is that we stay in it. Is that we stay in it and we allow it to become applied to our life and then we're able to do more through God than what it would take us days and that's why I put put the emphasis that it doesn't matter about can I still quote the scripture that I used to could quote many years ago that part is not what's important now is that that I'm living this word out that I'm walking this word out that my relationship with God is in pointing in the direction that he's called me to so an emphasis on this plans are a part of the bigger picture every plan is a piece of the puzzle as we spoke about with Joseph last week but every piece of that puzzle has a place and everything that happens in our life and I just I want to be very blunt in, in saying this that every part of our life is a piece of that puzzle the question is is it been a piece of obedience? Did we try to put a piece of that puzzle there that didn't belong? So if we walk in obedience to what God's scripture has called us to walk out, then we're gonna we're gonna walk and we're gonna fulfill the very things that He is destined for us. So so uh, when we stop for a moment and think about the simplicity of a smaller puzzle and how they can come together so quickly gives a satisfaction of completion. But when we think about the situations and trials that we constantly and continually face, uh, the day-to-day -day decisions, the year-to-year -year crisis, the neglect and loneliness we feel because we've all felt these struggles in our life day to day and what seems to be year to year with struggles maybe it's with kids maybe it's with finances maybe it's with your spouse excuse me and we have felt we have all felt these same struggles you know the ridicule and the persecution you know that we have all faced for Jesus namesake you know, so the, every season of our life that has brought a manifestation of who we are now because of the things that we've been through has shaped who we are, right? Everything that we've been through has shaped who we are. You know, and for me, for me, it, uh, 
I don't want to say that it took this. But I ran, I ran towards God in the death of my daughter. And it changed me. It changed me. It started changing me to the bad because I became very bitter towards God. But, but when I really began to feel the compassion, when I really began to feel the love of God, it drew me to Him in a way that I had never known before because I was trying to experience the love that the world has to offer. But the reality is when I experienced the love that Jesus Christ had to offer me, there was nothing else that could take its place. So through all of our despair and hardship, uh, have we allowed the fullness of God's plans and thoughts to outnumber and outweigh what our eyes have shown us. In today's sermon, we will cover an account where Simon Peter is faced with the reality of giving up and giving in. So follow me over to Luke chapter 22. Two verses. Man, I'm getting, I'm starting to not have a lot of scripture, but 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 what we're doing here is 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 man, we're just really going to create this for you and follow along with me. Uh, Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. As some of us have heard this scripture preached time in and time out, maybe some of us have read it time in and time out, and, 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 and maybe not knowing the fullness of what was being spoken here, but... but but you know, uh, Peter was Peter was at a crossroad here. Peter was at a point where, where, where you know, and after Jesus spoke this to him, he said, "Hey, Peter, you know, matter of fact, you know, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to de- you're going to deny me before the crow, the 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 crow, <laughs> the rooster even crows in the morning. You're going to deny me three times." And and these were this was some of the things that Peter did not want to hear, you know. So Peter was at a crossroad that that Peter was being prophetically spoken to that hey man Peter you're gonna fail me, you're gonna fail, and so and this this becomes a a pointing of the finger back to us that we are gonna fail too. And, and I don't want to say that God has taken this into consideration, but what I want to say is that is that how much are we following God's plan that He is destined for us? And it wasn't God's plan that we fail, because we'll, as we continue to dive into this scripture, uh, we will begin to look at this. And if you notice here, he says he didn't even call him Peter here. He called him Simon. Now, earlier in Scripture, he called him Peter, which means rock or Petra. And, 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 and you know, and he was the very one that caught the revelation that Jesus Christ, you are the son of the living God. You know, and Jesus spoke to him. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, <coughs> excuse me, which is in heaven. Excuse me for a second. So when this was the same Simon Peter that had caught this revelation, but yet Jesus looked at him again 
and he called him Simon. But he said the name twice, right? So what does that mean? We've talked about this before. When you see two words back to back in a sentence, is that there was an emphasis placed on that. Simon, Simon. It's like I'm trying to get your attention here. So they, instead of speaking with exclamation points, they just literally spoke the word out twice. Just like we spoke about the other week. Shalom, shalom. You know, what does that mean? That means perfect peace. It brings a completion to things. So, so here's what. Now let's let's just look at this. It said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. So, if we could just really begin to to think about this. Um. As some of us have heard this select scripture preach. From, but today I want to turn your focus to picking up where you left off. And this was the same thing that Jesus wanted to point out to Simon as well. Um, and some of us have uh, here today have, have turned our backs on God and walked in the opposite direction. We consider the plans of God to be too difficult and not rewarding enough. We've all been guilty of that because it just seems to be difficult to follow God's plan, to follow Sue, and it feels like I'm just not being re rewarded enough for what I'm doing. Lord, I'm getting up at countless hours and doing this and doing that, and I'm not, I'm not receiving any reward for that. But see, our mindset has become wrong in that. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may what? That you may do you know, what's pleasing and acceptable in the will of the Father here. So we consider the plans that God has for us to be difficult and not rewarding enough. The reality of this hard to accept truth is the chopping block for so many saints in times past and currently as we speak. But when we focus on the words that Jesus declared to Simon Peter, we can see that Satan is constantly pursuing us as well. But what really stood out to me and what Jesus spoke here may not be the actuality of how Satan requested. Because Satan simply asked to pursue them, but Jesus made it known to Peter that, that if without your faith, you know, it's going to be because of your faith is going to be how you remain. So, so it would be my thinking process here, and it's not that I'm adding or taking away from the scripture. But as I sat and I pondered on this yesterday, as, as I just I, I, I felt the tug of God in this reference because he told Simon Peter, he said, he says, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. Now, the reality here is when we begin to think about what sifting wheat is, it's kind of like refining. It's a refining process. But what it really comes down to is sifting means to do what? To separate. Sifting means to separate. So they would want to sift them like wheat. So what happens is that the wheat is still attached to the, the chaff of the plant. And, and as they throw them up in the air, well, what happens is the wheat is because it's heavier, it falls back into place and the chaff blows away through the wind. So it creates a separation process here. So what Jesus was already telling uh, Simon, Simon, and what he was telling to all the other disciples is this, is that, that through what Satan has asked for you, 
is going to be a refining process. It's going to cause a separation. It's going to cause you to be separated from the very thing that will be consumed. It's going to cause you to be separated from the very thing uh, that has put you in this very predicament of why you want to walk away. And, and, and so, so why was Peter at the point where uh, he had to be separated from something? Is because Peter was prideful. Peter had a lot of pride. And we're all guilty of that too, you know, because Lord, Lord, surely I wouldn't deny you. I mean, because they had just finished having the Last Supper uh, at this very moment. And not only that, but Jesus looked at all of them and he said, hey, one of you are going to betray me. So they began to argue amongst themselves about who was the greatest. So, I mean, now we can see Peter. He's like, well, guys, you know it ain't me because, man, I was the one that got out the boat while the rest of y'all stood in there and I walked on the water. I'm the one that said, hey, that you are, I had the revealed knowledge from, from God himself that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So these guys are going in a debate about who's the greatest. So, so when, we begin to, when we begin to puff ourselves up, then what does that make us be? It makes us prideful. So, so, so this was the very thing that God wanted to allow to be separated here. It wasn't the failing of Peter. It wasn't the failing because it was in this process that he was going to be sift like wheat. That, that God was simply just going to allow Satan to create that for him. To create that separating process. So the reality is, is that Satan just wanted the disciples for himself. But the reality, the actuality is that he was going to create this refining for them. He was going to allow that to be an atmosphere to be separated. So, so we don't understand why a lot of things has taken place in our life. If our mind can just even go back to Job. Now, let's, let's just be real honest here. Let's just be super honest here. Did we not remember at the beginning of Job that it said that, 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 that Satan was walking around looking for someone to devour? And what did God, did God not speak up and say, hey, have you what? Have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered him? So, and this this was going to become a refining process in Job's life at well as well, because he was going to be separated from the very things that may have become more important than God. But see, the reality is is, is that through this whole process, that once all this had happened, God had gave him back more than what he had ever had. Now, did he have the same wife? Did he have the same kids? No. But God takes away and God can give as well. So, so, so what we see here is when we think about the reality of this process of sifting, sifting wheat is a, a separating of the wheat and the chaff. I'm just reading some from my notes here. So sifting means to agitate and prove by trials and afflictions. So, so, so we can also view this process like refining, right? So, so when we begin to think about this, when we think about that refining process, is that, is that, uh, you know, in the book of Isaiah, he says that that we are suffering the furnace of affliction. Well, what does affliction mean? It means to suffer. It means to suffer. You know, and it's even said in the book of Hebrews, it said that Jesus learned obedience through what? Through the things he suffered. Hebrews chapter 5, Jesus learned obedience, you know, through the things that he suffered. So, so we begin to ask ourselves of how much have we suffered 
have we learned to walk in obedience because of the things that we suffered? So we're still getting back to the point about picking up where we left off because that doesn't simply mean that we've walked away from God. It doesn't mean that we've completely turned our, our back on God because don't, don't you know that, that I can be in the process of, of, of getting ready to walk out the house, but as long as I'm still in the house, I haven't walked away completely yet. So Jesus made it known to Simon and Peter that the intent of this request would be a process of him being separated from the very thing that would consume him, which was pride. But Jesus went on further to say that I have pleaded for you in prayer. Did we not see this, that the very next thing that Jesus spoke here, he says, but I have pleaded for you in prayer. Now, can we just stop for just a moment and can we look at that? Did it say that Jesus said, but I have rebuked the devil for your sake. Don't say that. Because what, what is, what's the reality of that? Is that it's, it's a choice for Peter. It's a choice that he has to make. So, so it's the very same thing for you as I can pray for you all that I want. I'm praying, I'm praying, and I can say I rebuke the devil for your sake. But the reality is, is it's your choice. It's a, your choice of what you do. It's a choice of, in the decisions that you have to make. Am I going to choose to do what's wrong or am I going to choose to do what's right? And because Peter heard something that he didn't want to hear, his decision wasn't based off of that. His decision was based off of what does it tell us in the book of James chapter 1? It said that when we sin, it's because we've been, we have been drawn away by our own desires. We sin not because God wants us to sin. We sin because we have chosen to sin. We have chosen to get up and to walk away from that puzzle because this puzzle is really hard right now and none of these pieces seem to be fitting in and I don't seem to be getting no rewards from all of this time, this blood, sweat, and tears that I'm putting into it. And because we don't see no reward from that, we are very quick to get up and to walk away. Well, Lord, I don't see my kids getting saved. I don't see my kids coming around. I don't see no change being made in their life. And so in the actuality of that, ladies and gentlemen, is that you can't make, you can't make this decision for them. All you can do is plead for them in prayer. It becomes their decision. It becomes Brother Brent's decision, what he does when he leaves. It becomes my decision on what I do when we leave from here today. So, excuse me. So, this shows that God's plan is that we have a decision to make. And these decisions are ours alone. No one can make them for us. I'm not sitting here today and telling you that God's plan was for you to walk away because we heard Jesus state that I pray that your faith fails you not. Now, this is the next part of the verse here, right? He said, he said I pray for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So, so that tells us right now is that we have the capability. We have, we have the capability to base our decision on our faith by how we're supposed to be walking this out. You know, this, this puzzle may be getting tiresome. It may be getting old. I may be getting frustrated with it. But the reality is, 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 is it's, it's not my reward to start with. All of this is for him because if we're in this just to get something out of it, then we're doing it for the wrong reason. 
our reasons, just like what we come here on Sunday morning, is the same reason that we get up every morning. It's not a reason of our own, but it's a reason to praise and to glorify Him and to walk in such a manner that's pleasing to Him, uh, to walk in such a manner that's salt and light to so many people here. Uh, that we, you know, we become uh, in contact with each and every day because, you know, we've heard this before. We've heard it. We've heard it. But it needs to sink in and it needs to become real. The only Jesus that some people see is the Jesus that's in us. The way that we walk out because, because people, what, what, what a, a first impression is a what? A lasting impression. The way that people have seen us the first time around it, 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 how could you, it, it imprints on them. And we can think about people ourselves that we've met and maybe they were rude and harsh and, and just very disruptive or maybe they were just belligerent. So, so the next time you see them or when you hear their name, what is your thought process on that? This is who they are. So we've made a judgment by how that we've witnessed them. So people have that same view on us. And it's not that it's not that it's important how people view us, because what's important is that they see Jesus in us. Is there enough of Jesus in us that he's coming out of us, if you know what I mean? Amen. 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 So so. So getting back to my notes here just a little bit. So so he knew that he knew that we were going to walk away and abandon our walk with him. He knew that we would kick against the pricks. So Jesus continued with when you have repented and turned to me again. I want you to listen to that. Here was the very next thing that Jesus spoke to him. He said, So when you have repented and turn to me again, strengthen your brethren's. But, but before we get to the strengthen your brethren's part, I, I, I want to bring a little highlight onto this. Excuse me. This is an indication that we can walk away from God. We can walk away from His plan. And we can walk away from fellowship with Him. Because if it had not had been so, then why would He have told Peter that he needed to repent before he came back again? Because repent means what? Repent, a lot of people will say, well, repent just means to do an about face. And that's absolutely true. It, it, when, you, when you begin to look at the Greek word for it, metania, or metania, I can't exactly pronounce it, but I'm probably doing better than some people sitting here, uh, just because I've seen it a few times. Uh, but the, but the, it, it actually means to have a change of mind to have a change in mind. I like to go a little bit deeper because how many times can we change our mind but it's still not in our heart? You know, we still question it. You know, so when something gets in our heart, we don't begin to question no more because it, we kind of say, hey, go with your gut feeling on this. What does your gut tell you? But the reality is, is what's your heart telling you? Well, what's your heart telling you? So my definition of repentance is to have a change of heart that's manifested by the way that we live. And that was exactly what Jesus was telling him here. He said, so when you have repented, when you have had a change of heart, you know, man, it's so important that I get back to this puzzle because it isn't even about the completion of it. It's about the satisfaction of doing it. It's the satisfaction of doing it. It's the satisfaction of walking out God's plan. So if this were not the case, then why would Jesus even speak these words to Peter? That, that if we couldn't walk away from God, then why would Jesus even say that to Peter? 
I mean, that's just, the word will never contradict itself. So Simon's Peter decision was solely his own, and this decision was leaving God's plan. That was a decision that, that he ended up making. He ended up making because Jesus didn't rebuke the devil. Jesus simply said, hey, I'm pleading for you in prayer. Because God's plan was that his faith would not fail him. But the prophetic was that he was going to walk away. But in this process of walking away, God knew how to bring us back. Did God, does God know, does he not know how to bring us back? Does he, does he not know how to continuously call our name, keep calling our name? Because sometimes for so many of us, we have to get between this place called a rock and another place called a what? A hard place. And when we hit the bottom, we don't have nowhere else to look but up. And when we continue to look up as we're there, he's elevating us because we're keeping our eyes on him. We saw that with Peter as he walked on the water. As long as, as, long as Peter kept his eyes on the word, the word. You got you to hear me on this. As long as Peter kept his eyes on the Word, who was the Word? It was Jesus Christ. What does John chapter 1 say? That in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. And the Word was with God. In verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. As long as Peter kept his eyes on the Word of God, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you here today, if you will keep your eyes on the Word of God, you will not fail. You will not fail. You will not sink. But see, what happened to Peter is when he took his eyes off the word what happened because he began to look at the other things around him and he took his eyes off the word somebody needs to be hearing this today as long as we keep our eyes on the word of God we're not going to fail we're going to continue to prevail we're going to walk out this plan that God has destined for us from before we were even born we read about that in Psalms 1 chapter 30 139 I believe it was verse 16 18 somewhere in there that that David said before I had lived one day Every day of my life was written before I had took one breath. You had, you had written every facet of my life. And in so many of our lives, God knew that we was going to walk away. He knew that we were going to become disheartened. He knew that we would become prideful. He knew that we were going to become shameful of who He was in our life. But see, God has a plan. God has a plan. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, so getting back to my scripture here, but in this process of walking away, God knows how to bring us back. And I'm so, I'm so thankful that God never quit calling my name, and I'm so thankful that I heard His call. So Peter knew too much to wander too far. We've been there, right? We've been there because once you, because what does the scripture say? Once you have tasted what? And seeing that the Lord is good, it's, it's impossible to eat anything. It's like, I'm just going to be real honest with you. It's like uh, eating my father-in-law's lingua. Anywhere else I go, it's just not the same. And I don't mind saying that I eat cow tongue. It don't make me no difference. <laughs> it's good and it's delicious. But, but trying to go somewhere else and trying to get it because I've ordered it from other places before. But you know what? I didn't eat it because it just it didn't taste good but see but what i really like was the taste of what he does to it and that's the reality ladies and gentlemen is once we've tasted the word once we've tasted and seen that the lord is good there's nothing else that's going to bring us no satisfaction i'm preaching good here this morning it's all right i'll preach to myself i preach myself happy
So, 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 and within scripture, we don't see much of anything written in reference to Peter until John chapter 21, because after Jesus, after Jesus spoke this word right here to Peter, Peter's not mentioned no more in communication with Jesus until John chapter 21. Till John chapter 21, and, I, and I'm not going to read it, but this is the place where, 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 where Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? So we spoke about this instant earlier this year in our Perfect Love series. Our Perfect Love series. And if you haven't listened to it, maybe I'll link this one to this series uh, as we close out today. I'll link, I'll link this series to our YouTube so, so, so people can go back and listen to that. But, but the very question that Jesus asked was the difference between two types of love. Now in the Greek, there's a, there's a description of four different loves, but Jesus spoke, Jesus spoke to Peter and he said, Peter, he said, do you agape me? If so, feed my sheep. Okay, so Peter's over here and he said, Lord, you know that I phileo you, which means an affectionate type of love, a feeling of love. And Jesus spoke again. He said, hey, Peter, do you agape me? If so, feed my sheep. Peter gets back over here. But Lord, you know that I phileo you. Peter looks at Jesus looks again at Peter. I know I'm doing a little role playing here, but follow along with me. And then Jesus spoke up this time. He said, Peter, do you phileo me? Peter looked at Jesus and he said, Lord, you know that I phileo you. See, Jesus was calling him to an action of love and to begin to neglect the feeling of love. How many times have we walked in a feeling of love and neglected an action, a call to action of love? And God's called us to that agape. Agape is an unconditional love. It's a love that keeps no record or wrong. It's not a, hey, I was right and you were wrong. It's a love that I love you unconditionally. So, so, so the very thing that we saw here again, when you have repented and turned to me again, he says, strengthen your brethren or strengthen your brothers. And he wasn't just talking about the disciples. He was talking about me and you. Because Jesus even continued in that. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. And this is in the same reference of feed my people. Feed my people. When you've returned to me again, when you've repented and turned to me again, when you have, when, when you come back, when you pick up where you left off, I want you to feed my people. I want you to continue with the plan that I have for your life. You know, and we've all experienced this walking away from a misconception of feeling when Jesus has called us to action. He never told nor asked Peter to start over. Never did. But to pick up where he left off. And because of Peter's actions of repentance and turning back to God, we witnessed Peter do the very things that Jesus encouraged him to do. So, and that was to strengthen the brethren. And that was the same thing that the Lord's given me a call was you don't start over. You pick up where you left off and you continue to move forward into what I've called you to. I walked away from the puzzle. We've all walked away from it, but God is calling us to come back and to pick up right where we left off. It doesn't matter our age. It doesn't matter how long we've walked away from the puzzle. Now, are we going to have to get reacquainted with the puzzle again? Absolutely. We're going to have to get reacquainted again. But you know what? 
we have a foundation. A foundation is already there. And the foundation is one of the harder things to, to put there. But Paul continued with the contributions in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through 14. Here's what, here's what uh, Paul had to say. And I'm reading this out of the TPT version, which is the Passion Translation. Because it was just so good. I, I, I couldn't deviate from this because this one just reached out to me. Here's what he said in, in verse 12. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. He's talking about God's plan, right? Talking about God's plan here. Let me start over again with that. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with this passion into His abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. Now let's just think about that for just a moment. Is that is that he was talking about the plan that God has for his life as well. The plan that God has for his life is that he's that this is his purpose is this that he was called that I haven't fulfilled it yet but I'm in I'm pursuing what God has called me to do verse 13 and he said and I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. Ain't that so thankful? that we don't have to do this in our own strength. God has given us His grace, you know, and it's not a grace of being forgiveness of sin, as we've spoken about in 2 Peter chapter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, is that by God's grace, which means His divine power, that He's given me the ability to do what truth demands to do. Let's continue on here. And He said, uh, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past that I have fastened my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gain the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul had a lot of things against him, did he not? I mean, like when he was on the road to Damascus, I mean, Jesus knocked him off his high horse, right? He knocked him right off of his high horse. And then not only that, it was that he struck him blind. And he became blind. And 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 the Lord sent him on forward. And then and then eventually, well, what happens was he meets the disciples. So when he meets the disciples, can you even begin to imagine how they felt about him? Because were they not running from Paul himself? Because well, his name was Saul then, Saul of Tarsus. And that, that was, was Saul not there when Stephen was stoned to death. You know, he was pursuing people that preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, but yet Jesus had knocked him off his high horse, and he had so many things against him as he was not converted to Christianity, but when he became a disciple of Christ. This is the very same thing that God has called each and every one of us too, as you get to Matthew 28, is that he didn't say go and make converts of all nations. He said go and make disciples of all nations. So it's important that we're helping to make disciples. And, and so Paul had so much against him. He had, he had all this against him is that he persecuted Christians, that he was having them stoned, having them put to death. But yet he wanted to preach the same Jesus Christ that the Paul, that Peter, James, and John had walked with. He wanted to preach uh, this same Jesus. He wanted to preach this same good news. 
but but the reality is that he had so much against him and Paul was a very educated man and he knew the scripture and he had all these things against him but you know what he said he said I forget those things that are behind me and I do what once I've forgotten those things behind me once I have forgotten that I walked away once we have forgotten that we walked away we've been called to do what to press towards the mark of the high call the high call of Jesus Christ. It was never about a low call because if, if we accept the low call, then we're fine just where we are. We're fine when God has called us to so much higher. He's called us to so much more than, than what we uh, could ever perceive. So I want to read a few more things from my notes here. So ladies and gentlemen, I am here today to declare the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our past, listen to this now, our past is not an indication of who we are now. The name that we used to carry is not who we are now as long as we're walking in Christ Jesus. So our right now decision, what's the right now decision? The decision that I'm, I'm making right now. Not the decision that I made this morning. Not the decision that I'm going to make tomorrow. But it's, it's right now. Our right now decision or the reality of who we are in Christ Jesus. Our right now decision has to be picked up where we have failed Him. The ultimate decision of choosing the only thing that is life. Don't be deceived in the lies about starting over because we don't have to start over. We don't have to start over. I declare to you today by the anointing of the Holy Spirit a fusion of what is now through reconciliation. Your right now decision of reconciliation to pick up where you left off. This is a declaration of repentance and turning back to God. This is a choosing of denying a feeling of love and choosing an act of love. A feeling of love that is based off of a, uh, that's not based off of a circumstance, but a, an act of love that is in spite of the circumstance. So we, so, so that feeling of love is based off of a circumstance, but God has called us to the action regardless of the circumstance. So in closing today, I implore you to forget those things that are behind you, and to press the course, the the high call of God, which is to reach for the high of what God has called you to do, then everything else is beneath your feet and has been made your footstool. So everything that we've gone through, everything that we've faced, all of our past has done what? It's supposed to elevate us. It's supposed to bring us up higher to God. It's supposed to be bringing us up to that high call because it becomes what? It becomes our footstool. It becomes our stepping stone, if we could just say it that way. That all those things, man, all those sleepless nights, all those times that I got up an hour earlier to read your word, or all those times that I, 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 I neglected TV for an hour, that, that I put myself in your word. I, I put myself in the situation of praying and seeking you, Lord. And, 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 and so, so, so during all that time, it doesn't matter how much TV you missed. It doesn't matter how much sleep you've lost when it comes to the reference of, of all of that has propelled me to you. All of that's propelled me to you. So in closing today, I, I just I implore you to forget those things that are behind us to press on and to press into regardless of your situation, to walk, to walk in not a feeling of love, but to walk in an act of love, to walk into the reference that God has called us to. 
And so in just in that closing today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us because there's been times where we've walked away. Maybe even still right now, we're in a position of where, you know, I've left the puzzle. I've left the plan that God has for my life and I've walked away from it. I still love you, Lord, but I've walked away. I've walked away from what you've desired for my life because it became hard. It's been disheartening. It's been non-rewarding for me. So the challenge is for us to change our mindset, to change our focus in that reference and to press more into God. And I want to pray for you today. And it's not that my words are, are, are any more powerful, but it's just simply that, that we ask because he said, whatsoever that you desire when you pray, he said, believe him and you shall have them. So I stand here today on all of our behalf, those that may be viewing us online, those that may be listening to us via podcast. I just want to pray for you. So let's just take a moment and let me pray for you. Dear glorious and heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you today. Lord, I thank you for all your love. Lord, and as we have spoken, Lord, your word today, Lord, not a word of my own, but Lord, a word that you have spoken to Peter about that when you walked away, remember you just picked right up where you left off. And there's some of us that may be sitting here today. Some of us may be viewing us online. You've walked away from God. You've walked away from the plan that God has had for your life. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you today that you don't have to start over. You don't have to start over. Don't believe the lies of starting over. You pick up right where you left off at. You may have to become reacquainted again, but, but you pick up right where you left off at. And I, and I just want to pray that you would be encouraged, that you would be strengthened in doing so. So, Lord, I just thank you today, Lord, for all your love that you've bestowed upon us. Lord, that you've given us, Lord, a love that, that is known as agape, Lord. And you've called us away from phileo. You've called us away from a feeling of love. You've called us away, Lord, from an affection of love. And you've called us to love you, Lord, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of how difficult this puzzle may be, regardless of how difficult this blueprint may be, Lord. You've called us to so much more. Just so much more. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that your grace will be multiplied, Lord, to each one of us sitting here today, Lord. Every person that's under the sound of my voice, Lord, which is your voice within mine. Lord, that we would be strengthened, Lord, by your grace. That we would have your divine anointing. That we would have your divine power, Lord, to do what truth has demanded for us to do. Lord, bless us, Lord, in the every area of our life. In every area, Lord, as we walk in obedience, Lord, your word has brought blessing, Lord. And as just, just as we just spoke, Lord, Lord, you said that whatsoever thing that I desire when I pray, believe them. Lord, if I just simply believe, because, Lord, what I'm believing for is exactly what your word has spoken to us, Lord, here today. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I glorify you and I honor your name, Lord. Keep us safe, Lord, as we will part ways, Lord, here today. But you will bring us back safely, Lord, as we just come, Lord, just to glorify your name and to be filled with your presence. Lord, bless us and we thank you for it. And we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.